Hey everyone, this is the Agent Marketer Podcast. As always, this is your host, Jason Frazier, and today is September 10th, and this podcast episode is the very first in a series that I'm doing, which is going to include a mashup of all my flash briefings from Alexa. So from the previous week, I'm going to put all the flash briefings together and put them on a podcast on Monday. So I guess we could call it Flash Briefing Monday. Uh, For those of you that don't know what flash briefing are. They're like little micro podcasts on Alexa. Uh, So if you have a Echo or a Dot or something else, you can use uh, that to uh, broadcast tips, tricks, news flashes, whatever you want. So that is what this episode is going to be, and uh, I hope you enjoy the content. And I'm going to talk about uh, the Facebook ads changes. So changes in the ads manager. So if you haven't heard, um, HUD has filed a complaint against uh, Facebook for violation of fair housing. And what it comes down to is people misuse the ad platform to uh, exclude certain races, genders, protected classes from their advertising. So of course this was bound to happen and of course, this was going to be a big dust up and changes were going to be made. That's just a given, right? So what's happening is that Facebook is doing a, a new commitment to protecting people from uh, discriminatory advertising. And so they're going to be removing about 5, 000, over 5,000 targeting options to prevent misuse. Now, obviously, there's some legitimate reasons on why you would focus on a certain gender or a certain ethnicity, right? There just is. There's 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 reasons to do that. Um, however, of course, those can be uh, misused as well. So, uh, for example, uh, attri- certain attributes and certain audiences uh, like ethnicity and religion will be removed, so you won't be able to target based off of that. Uh, zip code was one that was mentioned. So, if you really want to see what's going on, and again, this is going to be rolling out over time. Go in the ads manager and you'll notice some things have disappeared. Some things will be there for a little while. Um, Another thing is that um, they really want to focus on education of advertisers. So uh, they are going to actually, so they've already had the certified compliance. If you run any type of real estate, mortgage, any type of housing ads at all on Facebook, you've had to certify compliance, right? So it looks like they're going to be doing a certification that you'll have to go through. And it looks like it's just the form that you have to agree to. It's a little bit, it's different than just checking a box, right? And if it's anything to do with offering housing, employment, credit ads, you're going to have to certify compliance with their non-discrimination policy. So that's going to be happening soon as well. Um, you know, so as you go, like zip codes and a few other things, like I mentioned, ethnicity and religion will be removed as targeting options. Either way, as I've talked about prior, um, it, there's, there's, yeah, it's going to be a lot more difficult to market on Facebook. But you know what? That's good, right? And to be honest with you guys, we have had it very easy to market on Facebook to target the people that we need to, right? It's very, very easy, right? Now, I'm not saying it's good that these things are moving away. I'm just saying it's going to make it more, uh, a lot more difficult. And if you've been focusing on your marketing, focusing on Facebook ads, understanding the ads manager and doing that, you are going to be in a great position to grab market share and reach and have your ads uh, um, hitting the right people, whereas others 
who are just doing the shotgun approach, you know, they're really going to suffer. So think of this as an opportunity as always. And today on the Agent Marketer Flash, I'm going to talk about some uh, some stats that I just got. And it's just the staggering amount of data that is generated online every minute. So just a few things to throw you out. And again, all this does is just play into how important online marketing is, especially uh, on social media. So each minute of the day, users of the internet watch 4.3 million YouTube videos and conduct 3.9 million searches, right? And this is from stats from uh, Domo. And so uh, among the key insights from the analysis is that Netflix users stream almost 100,000 hours of content on average each minute of the day. Now here's some other stuff. Uh, Also, every minute, Skype users make 176,000 calls. Tinder users match almost 7,000 times. Reddit receives almost 2,000 comments, right? Uh, Amazon picks, uh, or sorry, Amazon ships 1,111 packages. So these are just some cool stats that that you can you, you can see. Almost 13 million texts sent every minute. Posted uh, almost 50,000 every minute. Um, uh, Venmo uh, almost 70,000 processes every minute on the internet. So it's just crazy how interconnected we are now with everything. And just the amount of time that's on, just not on mobile, but also on um, uh, also on marketing channels, uh, like for example, Twitter, uh, almost 474,000 tweets every minute. It's just, it's, it's just crazy. So, uh, just another reason why you should be online. Another reason why you should be taking advantage of the tremendous opportunity to market your brand on these channels, because this is where people are. And at the end of the day, what you're doing for your business is about reach and attention. And when it comes down to it, you need to be where everyone else is. And I want to talk about social proof. As we all know, social proof is, you know, just breaking it down is reviews and testimonials, not just getting them, but also putting them somewhere so people could you know, so people could actually, you know, read them, whether it be Zillow or Yelp or Google, whatever. Now, um, that's social proof. But what I'm actually really going to focus on is having a cohesive system to get those testimonials, to get those reviews. And we'll start from beginning to end. The beginning is setting expectations with your client, letting them know that you will be giving them a survey at the end of, uh, of your business with, uh, you know, whether you're a loan officer, an agent, whatever it is, setting that expectation in the front, letting them know at the end of the transaction, you're going to be sending them a survey, right? Second part, most important part, do a good job, do everything that you can to create a raving fan. Um, so that they will leave a good testimonial for you, uh, and something positive and be more apt to do it. Um, third is to have an actual, uh, workflow, uh, so that at the end of the transaction, they get sent an email, uh, so that they can fill out the survey and use some sort of survey system like, uh, you know, survey monkey, or, um, if you're an enterprise use social survey, highly recommend them. Um, just do something so that you can get their, their testimonials and their reviews. Um, fourth is, uh, set up, um, a follow-up, right? So, uh, not just, you know, send them an email, but follow up with a phone call as well. Uh, 
uh, follow up with a phone call, say, hey, you know, we're, we're, if you haven't received it already, you will be, you know, receiving an email, getting my survey, just talk to them a little bit because that phone call really helps. Um, fifth is sending them a thank you card for when they do fill out that testimonial, right? Send them a thank you card and then maybe a $5 Starbucks or, or some other, uh, gift card. Um, just thank them for do it. Now, if you're doing this stuff and you can move that last piece, the thank you card towards the end, right? Like, so, you know, you could put that in, um, point three, right? You know, position three of, instead of just sending out the automated, send them a thank you card with a gift card and say, Hey, can you please uh, give me a review or testimonial? Um, you know, it's five bucks. So what would you spend $5 to get a review? Absolutely. Cause you it's, it's hard enough, even when you do a good job to get these people to give you a testimonial or, or a review. So spending five bucks, might go a long way in, in, in making sure that that's done. Uh, and so the final thing that you need to do is is um, figure out where you're going to get your most the most bang for your buck in the review. So for example, are you using Yelp? Are you using Google? Are you using Zillow? In my opinion, those are the three main areas where you want reviews. Personally, Google will probably be the best over the long term because of Google's staying power. Um, but uh, Zillow is great and Yelp is great. I know a ton of people that just focus 100% on getting Yelp reviews and they do a great amount of business for it. So you just need to decide which channel you want to focus on because you can't syndicate uh, your review among those three channels. Hard enough to get a consumer to fill out one review, let alone three. So figure out where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, where you want to focus on reviews. Again, Yelp, Google, and Zillow. Uh, and then make sure that you're sending them there and have a good workflow for that. So again, setting expectations, doing a great job, sending out the survey, thanking them for sending out the survey. And of course, in there, whatever section you feel comfortable with, do a follow-up as well with a phone call. So it's not just an automated way. Um, and you do this, I'm telling you, because if you know, if you're if you don't do this, you're leaving money on the table, and I'm telling you this will make all the difference in your business and going to set you up for uh, long-term success. And on today's Agent Marketer Flash, I'm gonna talk about getting started with branding. I've had a few agents join the agent marketer recently and they're really starting to go on their own, starting um, to focus on branding. But a lot of, and I see it in groups too, a lot of them don't know exactly where to start and how to even focus on brand. And there's a ton of books out there um, that, that could help you with that. But where, and then I, and I just had this, this coaching call with this agent that's starting. And so, you know, she was part of a team and, uh, now she's going out on her own just because it's going to be a, a, a lot better for her um, now that she's uh, kind of done her, uh, you know, put in her work on the team. It's time for her to go out on her own. And so um, now she's got to create her brand. So what we talked about is six questions um, that I like people to ask themselves um, to help them kind of start planning out that brand. And, um, you know, just for people that are getting started, your brand is not your logo. Your brand isn't your color scheme. 
Um, it's not your motto. Um, it's not your tagline. Uh, your brand is what other consumers tell other consumers what it's like to work with you. That is your brand. That's what's going to stand out. So before you could come up with your branding is understanding what your brand actually is. And so here are the six questions that if you're getting started with your brand that you should be asking yourself. One is what do you stand for? And you could actually go online and Google and look at some of these brand position statements from major players like a Microsoft or an Apple, Whole Foods, stuff like that. But, and you know, I'll give you some examples. Like, what do you stand for? If I'm Whole Foods, I'm standing for what? I'm standing for, um, you know, organic food, I'm standing for uh, healthier groceries, you know, things of that nature. That's what I'm standing for, if you're, if you're just to get you to kind of think about it, right? Um, and then the second question is, what do you stand against? Um, what, what, what does your brand stand against? And again, if taking the Whole Food um, example is you're standing against uh, GMO, right? You're, you're, you're standing against fast food. You're standing against, um, you know, the crappy, you know, $1 uh, dinners and stuff like that. The, the, the frozen stuff, right? You know, um, that, that's what you're standing against. That's, that's what that really means when you're thinking about it in terms of, of marketing brand, right? The third question is who do you serve? Uh, who do you serve? right? Whom do you serve? You know, what's, what's your audience? You know, who are your clients that are out there, right? And this, that helps you so that you can create a, uh, you know, a better profile, a better avatar of your perfect cons uh, consumer and who you're serving. So that's question three. Uh, four is what do they need and want from you, right? So what is that, you know, number three, whom do you serve? Who is it? And then what do they need and want from you? What are they trying to get? And then number five is who else gives them what they need? And that's your competition, right? And this is where you're going to do a little bit of research and understand who else is out there that's trying to create the same brand or has the same brand that you're trying to do, right? And then six, uh, the final question is why do they choose them? right? Ask questions, right? Maybe, you know, find out why are these clients, like if, if you lose a, a listing to a competitor or whatnot, which is going to happen, if you do, ask them, why did they choose them? Like, why are they choosing them? Um, it, the, the way to look at, you know, if you have a, a couple brokers or agents in your immediate market, I'm sure you're going to have quite a few depending on your market. Um, look at their reviews, look at their testimonials. And usually the clients, the raving fans that they created, they'll tell you why they decided to, not you personally, but they're going to be telling the internet why they decided to go with Julie or John, the agent, right? Why did, why did they choose Julie? Why did they choose John? Why did they choose Bill? You know, why did they choose Betty? Look at the testimonials, look at the reviews, and you could find out why they're choosing them. And that helps you uh, frame your brand and what you want to be, what what you want to stand out, the 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 mind share that you want to create, the market share that you want to grab, the audience. So start with those six conceptual questions, and that will allow you to start building the brand off of that, off of your answers. Now this is an exercise, and honestly, I I don't know a lot of agents that do it. The the good ones, the ones that really have a great brand they do they know that you could ask them those six questions they'll have answers for all that right now it's not easy you're going to spend some time but look if you're really out there to create a nice strong real estate brand and in this market and in the future 
you're definitely going to need to. Don't don't kid yourself. You need a strong brand. Check out these questions that I just asked. Remember, what do you stand for? What do you stand against? Whom do you serve? What do they need from you? And what do they want from you? Who else gives them what they need? And why do they choose them? Start with those six questions and you're well on your way to creating a strong brand. And today on the Agent Marketer Flash, I'm going to talk about a little bit of sharing, basically, the who, what, where, and why. Um, Really what it's going to come down to is some stats that I think are important in regards to sharing on social media. Uh, so uh, Slidely, who makes uh, the software called Promo, which is the videos I'm sure you guys have seen on uh, Facebook and whatnot, uh, did a study. And so they're looking at basically sharing. What are we sharing? What types of content? What's doing good? What's what's the best? Um, and some demographic data. So, um, so right now, Facebook is king for sharing content. And that is across all demographics. Uh, in fact, the biggest uh, demographic of sharing content on Facebook is 18 to 29 year olds. So uh, for those that say that uh, they don't use Facebook in that demographic, that would be wrong. Uh, secondary uh, for that is the demographic of 30 to 49 years. So uh, just something to think about as far as being on any social media channel, which one uh, has the most sharing of content. And right now, that's Facebook. Um, so as far as uh, what people are sharing and as far as like what are the average shares, what's, uh, um, what's getting the most attention, and, by, and it's not even a contest. Uh, infographics. Infographics are huge. And then uh, lists are not far behind. And those you know list posts of listing out things or asking people to list things. Um, those are huge, but infographics, and this probably shouldn't be a surprise to you, but infographics just dominate. Um, and then another thing is about uh, emotions. So emotions count. Um, you know, the people share content for all sorts of reasons, um, you know, whether they're happy, sad, angry, you know, whatever, outraged as everyone seems to be right now. Um, emotions are huge. Emotions are not just huge for sharing of content. Um, but emotions, as far as getting people to listen to something or watch a full video, you got to hit that emotion and they're more like, not only that, but they're more likely to retain the information uh, that you're giving to them if you can tap into the emotion. So those are the things to think about when sharing content on social media right now, Facebook is king infographics, uh, are killing it on there and try to be emotional in your content. So infographics and lists, those are the things you want to share. This is Frazier from The Agent Marketer, and as always, I hope you guys have an awesome day.